What's happening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Unparalleled Sports Talk with Joe's Kwame Fisher-Jones. As always, I am him. We're going to start this episode off with week one hits, things I was right about, things I was wrong about, and a couple things that just came out of the blue that no one would have seen happening. So we're going to start out with what I was wrong about, get that out of the way first. I was wrong about quite a bit this week. We start off with the Thursday night matchup, the Detroit Lions edging out the Kansas City Chiefs. No way, no how anyone saw this coming. You know, a lot of people thought with the injuries, the Lions would keep it close. You had a couple rogue thinkers who want to try to say that they picked the Lions one, but no way, no one saw the Lions bringing this out. And I don't think this changes the trajectory of the Lions season. I don't think they're going to be heading anywhere other than another 8-9, season. However, I did not pick the Kansas City Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl this year. I picked another team, which we'll discuss later, who did not look good at all on opening weekend. But I think this exposed some of the holes that the Chiefs have. And one of them is just complacency. They're not an explosive team at the present moment. They have an explosive quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. You know, when Kelsey gets back, he's an explosive player, but he's also on the wrong side of 30, if you will. And I just think that they have kind of like what Colorado's going 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 to experience as the season goes on. You're going from having a, having a bullseye on your back. Now the Chiefs have had the bullseye on their back, but now they're looked at as a dynasty. They're looked at the gold standard of the NFL right now. So they're going to get every team's best effort, and not only they're going to get their best effort, they're also going to get plays where teams are going to do things out of the box. I used to use this analogy a long time ago, and it kind of dates me, but I'm going to use it again. The hardest person to prepare for in a fight, or the hardest person to fight is the person that just throws wild punches. They have no style. They have no rhythm. They have no cadence. They just throw wild punches. When you're playing, when you, back in the day, we used to play Madden. The toughest guy to play, or Street Fighter, the toughest guy to play was the guy to just press buttons on a joystick. Because you didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know what they were doing, so you didn't know what they were doing. And that's what the Chiefs are going to deal with throughout the season. They're going to have teams do things that are uncharacteristic. They're going to throw wrinkles in. So the, t- the Chiefs are not only going to get everyone's best effort, they're also going to get the wild punches, the haymakers. And I don't think they're going to be able to sustain 17 weeks of that. I think it's going to take a toll, and you'll see them kind of weighing down. And as I said, so I was surprised they lost the game, but it exposed something that's going to be an ongoing problem for the Chiefs going forward. The second one hurt. The second surprise hurt. I didn't pick the game, but I expected the Vikings to roll under the tanking Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They started the walking white flag known as Baker Mayfield. When a team brings in Baker Mayfield, they're looking to lose. They're looking to get better draft position, and they're looking to alienate players who are asking for more money. That's my opinion on Baker. You're not going to change it. I'm not a Baker fan. I'm not, I make no bones about it. It's personal. He is the epitome of privilege to me. And I'm not going to give him credit for the win. However, I'm going to give Todd Bowles credit for pulling that out as a huge win. Huge win. I believe it was on the road. So I think it was in Minnesota. If I'm not mistaken. I got to double check that. But for them to pull that win out against a Minnesota team that simply has got everything going. Minnesota right now is a team that many people expect to win double-digit games, make it to at least the second round of the playoffs. They've got a solid quarterback. Yeah, the game was in Minnesota. They got a solid quarterback in Kirk Cousins, and they, they're fundamentally sound. They're the Indiana Hoosiers of the 80s, and they're the Midwest fundamentally sound team. So for them to lose a close one at home to a tanking Tampa Bay team, I don't know if this says more about Tampa Bay or more about 
Minnesota. But we'll see going forward. But I, I got to give credit to Todd Bowles for pulling that one out. I definitely didn't see that one happen. Next, this 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 loss is one that that people are going to make more out of. San Francisco goes into Pittsburgh and mollywops the Steelers. They absolutely mollywop the Steelers. The Steelers, from the opening whistle, from the coin toss, the Steelers didn't look like they were ready to play. They didn't look like they had, like, it looked like it was flag football versus real football players. It was bad. So we're going to hear all week ad nauseum about how the 49ers or the, the creme de la creme of the NFC, or the NFL for that matter. But I think this loss was more about Pittsburgh not being ready to play than it was about the 49ers being that good. The 49ers aren't 23 points better than the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers are a young team. And they were seven. They finished the season seven and two last year. And I don't want to say they were feeling themselves because they got no reason to feel themselves. But young cats nowadays are wired a little different. And the excitement and enthusiasm and being home should have kind of permeated through the team. They should have been ready to rock and roll, but they weren't. And they looked shell shocked. They looked, you know, it, it was it was a shellacking from top to bottom. But again, I think it said more about the Steelers not being ready to play than it did than it said anything about the 49ers and their dominance. I still don't buy the block Brock Purdy store. And you can call me a hater. And if my hate helps him elevate, so be it. But there's a reason why money lasted so deep in the draft. There's a reason why so many teams passed on him. And at some point, that's going to come to fruition. Kyle Shanahan's scheme gets quarterbacks cra- cracked. That's what they do. They get quarterbacks cracked. At some point, that's going to rear his head. You are what you are in this world. And the 49ers, are going to, they're a team that always gets close, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Conversely, the Steelers are a mystery now. The team I thought that was going to show was going to be a young team that was going to fly around the field, young guys with bravado, chest out, ready to ready to go, scoring touchdowns, knocking it. They weren't that team. They looked a step slower. They looked surprised. They looked bewildered. They weren't coached well, which 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 is a shock for a Mike Tomlin led team. You know, you look at the box score and you. It's, uh, it wasn't that Purdy lit the world on fire. I mean, it was nineteen for twenty nine. But they were able to run the ball. McCaffrey had 152 yards. They were able to pass the ball. Brandon Aku had 129 yards. So it was just from all facets of the game that the Steelers weren't ready to go. But it could be a blessing in the skies because I believe the Steelers next week get the Bengals. And that could be the win. That could be the game that maybe wakes them up and gets them ready to go. They get So, you know, oh, they actually got the Browns. So close. They get a divisional opponent. So they get a chance to right in the ship. In the divisional game, I don't think this loss is going to hurt the Steelers' Super Bowl chances. They are my Super Bowl pick. They're going to remain my Super Bowl pick. It was a loss to an out-of-conference team, so it won't affect them in tiebreakers unless it gets really deep. But it, they've they've got to they've got to address some things because they definitely not only didn't look like they were ready to play, they looked like they were surprised it was Sunday. Like they were shocked that it happened. The most disappointing loss, and I expected the Bears to win. But I wanted to see what Jordan Love and Justin Fields would do. I specifically expected Justin Fields to shine. I thought this was going to be his moment, his coming out party. It was nothing. He, The Bears did not look good at all. Conversely, the Packers looked amazing. Jordan Love it was a 
15 for 27. I, I don't think he missed a lot of pass, almost at 300, but he had uh, nine. He had three touchdowns. So he went for the trifecta there. They didn't have a potent running game, so it was mostly the precision of Jordan Love, which is great to see, which is great to see because the Bears' defense is a solid defense. They're not great, but they're solid defense. So to see Jordan Love – Thrive, considering all the reports coming out last year was that the cat that couldn't even shouldn't had no business being on the football field. So to see them shine and get a big win in the division, the Packers for the Packers to win this game going forward, they've got another conference opponent next week in the Falcons, but it's in Atlanta. So it could be it, it could go either way for them, but for them to bring out that game and to have that type of performance was definitely shocking to me. Justin Fields, on the other hand, man, listen. I don't think he averaged half. I, I think he averaged six yards in attempt, six yards of completion. He was one for one touchdowns and interceptions. We got to see it, Justin. We got to see it at this point, dude. You got to sink or swim, man. The excuses, the the reasons, the reasons to excuse your failures have left the building. It's now time to shine, bro. You got to make this happen. And I, you can give me a hundred reasons why you can't make it happen. A hundred reasons why we should expect you not to make it happen. A hundred reasons why it's not going to happen. But you got to be the one reason why it does. And if you can't make, the, if you can't work, you're not gonna get it. You're not gonna get the recycled opportunities that a Baker Mayfield gets or a Garden Minshew. You'll be out of the league, man. You'll be you'll be doing analyst work on Saturdays for the big noon game. So this this loss squarely goes on Justin Fields. And yeah, you can put it on coaching, you can put it on defense, you can put it on other players. But nah, man. You you've had four months to prepare for this team. This should have been your moment. This should have been your moment, and it wasn't, and that was disappointing. Another one that caught me off guard, LA. I mean, basically doing some unspeakable things to the Seahawks. Geno Smith, at some point, there's rumors that he was scared and he didn't have a dog. Like it was crazy. Matthew Stafford put up some big numbers, but it was this this loss was more about the ineptitude of Geno Smith at the quarterback position. It was shocking. He barely had 100 yards in an NFL game in an era where people aired the ball out. So that was I, – I, I don't know what was going on with that. I don't know where he's – Seattle's in trouble. This was not an aberration. Now, they may bounce back and win, in, and win their next game, but they got problems in Seattle. They got it's gonna rain hard on Seattle all season, cause Arizona stinks. The 49ers are gonna be good. They're gonna be there at the end. They just won't get over the hump, but they'll be there at the end. But if you can't be the third best team in that or the second best team in that division, you're not gonna make the playoffs. You're not gonna be in playoff contention. So if the Rams are gonna keep it going, if the Rams are gonna be the team to take that second, take that mantle as the second best team, now you're now where is Seattle going? They're facing a rebuild. And they just backed the truck up and gave Geno some some paper. But I'm sure they got an out clause in there somewhere. And this that is not a good look for Geno. And listen, man, we we can all sit here and say that it it was just, it, you know, it was one game. That's what you're going to hear, it's just one game. But sometimes one game tells you more than you need to know. It tells you things that you didn't expect. Tell you things that you thought or maybe you believed could happen. They just solidify your concerns. That's what I'm trying to say. Sometimes one game can solidify your concerns and tell you what's going on. You know, as I, as I say, the backdrop of the Monday night game, Aaron Rodgers getting hurt on the first play, on the first game, for the first game of the season, tells you everything you need to know about the J-E-T-S, yes, yes, yes. You always going to be a Jet, B, no matter what. Come hella high water, you always going to be the Jets. 
Going into Detroit, I don't know if Seattle can win that game. At Detroit is a is 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 a, is a tough 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 run. And you know they got Detroit, and then they got <clears throat> excuse me, they got the Panthers. I think Seattle's in trouble. I think Seattle's in trouble. Then they got the Bengals, the Giants. Yeah, I I I, I think it's I think it's gonna be tough. I think the Seahawks are in a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble going back. So those were the games I was wrong about. Get the negativity out first. And then we get to the positivity. We're going to start right off. You know, the Bengals and the Browns were a game I picked. I was right about that. The um, Commanders picked the Commanders. Now, that's a game that won't that won't mean much to a lot of people. But that game was huge, and I'll get into it when I get there. But I want to start out with, the Chargers and the Dolphins. And the reason why I'm starting there where I was right with the Chargers and the Dolphins is simple. It's Justin Herbert is not what you're being what he's being built to be. And we're we're going to get a litany of reasons for why why Justin Herbert struggles. We're going to get that it's the head coach. It's going to come to you this way. It's the head coach's fault. Then it's the receivers aren't getting open. Then it's the offense it's coach's fault, the offensive coordinator. Then he's just not motivated. Then it's the stadium's fault because they play in Los Angeles and they no longer play in San Diego. Then it's his woman's fault because she's not doing enough for him the night before the game. It's never going to be Justin Herbert's fault because he looks the part. He is what every quarterback coach, every good old boy hitches his wagon to, goes to bed at night and dreams about a quarterback. Justin Herbert is who they dream about. Problem is he ain't that good. He ain't that good. Yeah, he puts up some great numbers. He makes some magnificent plays. But his moments of excellence are interrupted by consistencies, consistent ineptitude. So I'm going to say that again. His moments of excellence are too often interrupted by consistent ineptitude. And that's going to continue on. The, the Chargers are always going to be a 9-8, and 8-9 eight, eight and nine ball club. That's what they're always going to be. Losing at home. To the Miami Dolphins, I won't say it's inexcusable, but if you're a playoff team fighting in the AFC West where you only got one legit playoff team in Kansas City, the rest is up for grabs. I believe the Raiders won, and I believe Denver lost. So now you're sitting in the mucks of that fighting with Denver. You've got to go into Tennessee, which will probably be a loss. you got to go into Minnesota. You should win. But you don't have an easy schedule if you're the Chargers. So you need to beat playoff teams specifically in your conference, not just for tiebreakers, but to build your to build your confidence. And that's not going to happen. They are who we thought they were, to quote the shout-out to Dennis Green. Not only are we thought they were, we know what they're going to be going forward. A mediocre pedestrian team. They're not going to go too fast. They're not going to go too slow. They're going to have some good plays. They're going to have a lot of bad plays. They're going to have a lot of, oh, the jerseys look good, but the players don't look good in them. So if you expected to see the Chargers win, it's going to be a disappointing season for you. The next game is a quiet game. Everyone expected Baltimore to roll over the Texans, and they did. But for me, I was looking to see how Lamar Jackson looked in the passing game. He looked okay. He didn't look. He, he didn't set the world on fire, but he was efficient. He did have an interception. He didn't take a lot of sacks. I want to see more from him, though. The thing that stood out to me was he was efficient. And that's what you want to see with Lamar Jackson. You can't judge Lamar Jackson by the same way you judge a, let's say, Justin Herbert as far as statistics. 
You need to judge him in critical moments, critical moments in the game. Does he make the plays to move the chains, and does he make the plays to get the wins? And that's what he did. He only had five incompletions. He didn't look erratic. He made the good plays. He made the sound plays. And that's how you're going to get to the great plays. You got to be good. You got to be straight. You got to be adequate. Then you're good. Then you're great. Then you're magnificent. Then you're a champion. So I love the way Lamar Jackson played. Not surprised at all that they came out and won that game. But I love how he was effective in that. The next game as we get ready to wrap down this road was the Commanders. This was a big win for the Commanders. I'm going to tell you why. Washington's going to fight for a playoff spot. They're going to fight for a playoff spot because they're going to be a well-coached team. They're going to be a team that knows where it's supposed to be, and they're going to hold themselves accountable. And the the what's the best ability in sports? People like to say availability. I believe it's accountability. It's accountability, then availability, because if you're accountable for your actions, you're accountable for your diet, you're accountable for your strength and conditioning, you're accountable for your workouts, you're accountable for your study habits, then you'll be available for your team in all facets of the game. And that's something the commanders will have this year. They'll have an accountability that they didn't have before. They're not going to have the names. They're not going to set the world on fire, but they're going to be stuff. They're going to be tough. They're going to be there. They're going to know where they're supposed to be. They're not going to make a lot of plays, but they're not going to give up a lot of plays. This win was a great win for them because they could have wet the bed here and the Cardinals could have won this game. They could have wet the bed here. They could have had a, a horrific injury. They could have had something catastrophic happen, and it didn't happen. It was a simple game. They came out. They did what they needed to do, took care of business. They've got a huge game coming, huge, huge game coming up next week against Denver at Denver. That'll tell you a lot about them, but I love the commanders going forward. As I said, they're a sleeper playoff team, and I'm expecting them to to pull it out. Now, the big win for me, next to Herbert losing, the big win for me this week, there were two dogs that I had my eye on. First was Pittsburgh, San Francisco. We talked about that earlier. No need to revisit my errors, my errors and my ways. But we want to give credit to the Cleveland Browns beating the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, before we give credit to the Browns, let's let's knock some of the crap that's going to come out of Cincinnati. They lost the first two games last year. They've been here before. They know how to fix it. They'll be okay. They know what to do. Stop me when they won a Super Bowl. They have it. Stop me when you've seen them come back and go into go into a hostile environment from start to finish in the season and be the best team on the field from start to finish in the season. It's never happened in the history of their franchise. So now it's going to happen because they say so. Burrow got hurt in camp. That's what happens in Cincinnati. Guys get hurt. Through the history of their franchise, guys get hurt at the worst times. Burrow was rusty. That's what happens in Cincinnati. Guys are always off. That's where I go. That's what happens in Cincinnati. C1 Carson Palmer. Guys couldn't get on the right page because they missed a lot of training camp. Stop me if you've heard this story before. That is the story of the Cincinnati Bengals. It doesn't change. It doesn't change. I've used this analogy a skillion times, and I'll use it a skillion more. You can change the name of the restaurant. You can change the meals on the menu. You can change the decor in the restaurant. You can park from one side of the street and change the parking lot to the other side of the street and hire bouncers. And you can get the prettiest waitresses you can find. But if the cook is the same, the meals are going to suck. And in this case, for the Bengals, the cook remains the same. Until Mike Brown does right and leaves the NFL, nothing good will come his way. Give credit to the Cleveland Browns. 
They took care of business. I'm not surprised they took care of business. Deshaun Watson had a solid game, nothing great, nothing to write home about. You want to see more out of them going forward. But, you know, to beat a divisional opponent, one that's highly regarded as the Bengals, will put people on notice. I believe the Browns are going to be a 10-win team, probably 10-7, and fighting for a playoff spot, which in Cleveland is a step in the right direction. It's a tough division with the Ravens, and I believe the Steelers will bounce back. But this law says more about the Browns. Just like the previous law said more about the Steelers not being ready, and that could be a red flag if they don't win this week. This is more, this is a precursor of what's to come for the Bengals. They're going to be inconsistent and struggles all year. And maybe, just maybe, for the first time in media, we'll hold a quarterback accountable. Ha! Oh, that'll be a shock. That's it for this installment of Unparalleled Sports Talk. As always, we appreciate your time of year. You be easy.